trigger warning, this episode contains discussions of disordered eating. Hey, hey, welcome to a two-part episode of the Deconstructing Bush podcast. I'm your host, Beulah Marie, and it's been a minute, so thank you for your patience while I've been on my little hiatus. Um, I've got to say, the amazing memories of that September 27th Bush concert with my cousin were so welcomed and such perfect timing because I came home to Pittsburgh to a couple of the most absolute stressful, chaotic, upsetting weeks. And so I've relied a lot on listening to music this month, you know, mostly Art of Survival by Bush. And I admit Taylor Swift's Midnight's album with a little bit of highly suspect thrown in. Uh, But yeah, on occasion, I've gone back through my phone to look at photos and videos from all my concerts and trips this summer and and fall, um, including, of course, the Bush shows and meet and greets. Um, And I've relied on that, you know, because it's been a hard month. And like I said, in my one episode, music is medicine, music and concerts and all of that, it can really be a healing balm on what ails us. And I'm glad to have those fun concert experiences and memories in my arsenal to go back to when I've had that type of very trying month that I've had. Uh, So at any rate, uh, thank you for your patience in my hiatus and enough of me being a Debbie Downer, negative Nancy, pessimistic Polly. Uh, We are moving forward today. Um, So this is a two-part episode. You are currently listening to part one. In this part, uh, I'm going to chat a little bit about the Art of Survival album as a whole, uh, my thoughts on some current songwriters, including Bush, and also how cancel culture could impact art, Uh, a little randomness about Taylor Swift here, uh, and just my recommended favorite tracks on Bush's album, The Art of Survival. And then the second part, the next episode will be part two. That will be today's lyrical dissection which will be an analysis focused on the song Heavy as the Ocean from the Art of Survival album. Uh, So this is part one. That will be part two. Side note, it is heavy is the ocean. Sometimes when I'm talking, it sounds like I'm saying heavy as the ocean, but it's is not as, just as an FYI. First, I got to say a belated happy Diwali to all who celebrate. Happy forthcoming Halloween slash current Hallow weekend to everyone who enjoys that. Um, I do. In recent years, I dressed as Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek in her crow costume. I was a Rockford Peach, uh, you know, women's baseball player from a league of their own. I was Michael Jackson in his Billie Jean era. And this year, Daenerys Targaryen, mother of dragons from the Game of Thrones. My little dogs have costumes too, a butterfly, a bat, and a dragon. Um, so happy Halloween. And of course, happy birthday to Mr. Gavin Rossdale, whose birthday is tomorrow, October 30th, making him a Scorpio. And that kind of tracks. I don't know. I'm not a gal who reads horoscopes every morning and I've never based who I dated or hung out with or associated with on their astrological sign. That's, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I do think there is something there sometimes. I know I embody every trait of a Libra, good and bad. Um, So yeah, let's dive into our discussion. First, my thoughts on the art of survival overall. I dig it. It's playing in the background as we speak. Um, When I first listened to the album start to finish, I was left kind of needing to listen to it again right away because there were things I wanted to revisit. 
Um, and there were songs I wasn't sure about the first time around, if I'm being honest, but the more I listened to this album, the more it grew on me, the more I noticed these little nuances and creative choices that were obviously intentional, but felt very organic. Um, these little delightful, you know, changes in direction or unexpected tidbits. And that's something I really enjoy in music. Um, the vibe of the art of survival, I would say is definitely a tad heavier and harder than some Bush stuff. Um, I'm definitely not a fair weather fan, of course. Um, pretty diehard Bush fan, lifer, um, day one. But of course, I'm human, so there are some albums and songs I like better than others. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, and I will say that I like the sound of this album, The Art of Survival and The Kingdom, and of course, Sixteen Stone and Razorblade Suitcase, better than the sound of some of their other work. It's not to say I don't like other songs and albums of theirs. It's just a personal preference. Um, but yeah, can't go wrong with any Bush album. At any rate, The Art of Survival, um, it's a little moody, a little angry, a little rebellious, a lot of fun. Um, it has some emotion there. It has an industrial slant to it. And I kind of like that industrial slant, um, semi-experimental, uh, some elements of early Bush. But it also feels very forward-thinking at the same time. It feels very now and now looking ahead, if that makes sense. So while I think there are references in this album and The Kingdom that kind of go back to earlier bushwork, um, this is something that feels very current. The lyrics are all very timely and topical, but also classic and universal in the way that they could be applied to many different eras or situations and circumstances. There's a grit to this album, but it's almost like a polished grit, if you know what I mean. So it's gritty, but it's kind of like mature and sophisticated about it, not gritty like a hot mess. You know, it's not hot mess gritty. It's authentic gritty. It's adult gritty. It's not trying to be something it isn't gritty. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it has edge, but it pulls back when it's appropriate. You know, I think there's discernment in this album and the way it was written and performed and produced. It runs the gamut emotionally. And I don't want to talk about his private life because I respect Gavin. I respect all these guys. But as a listener and a longtime fan, I can kind of sense or speculate that Gavin's lovely lady has been a good muse for him, a wonderful muse for him, perhaps. Because um, there's like a dark romance to some of the songs. There's love in this album. It's, you know, the push and pull of a relationship, the highs and lows that comes with the euphoria, the despair, all of it, you know. And it's like, maybe it's her. She is beautiful and she seems pretty magnetic after all. And they do seem serious. But also it could be just having been locked up for so long because of the pandemic. And, you know, all the drama and stress just from a societal perspective that came along with that. And the perspective that the pandemic provided us, we had to consider our mortality. It was a morbid time and it was collectively traumatic. So, I mean, that could have been an influence as well, and it probably was. And I think maybe Gavin's referenced that in an interview or two, but I'm not sure. 
Regardless, something ignited some fires and spurred on some creative juices. I really feel that in the last album and this album. It might be the new like makeup of the band too. Um, but whatever the inspiration is, there's definitely some emoting there. There's emoting, there's emotion. It sounds like there's real feeling behind the vocals and that gives each track a deeper, more complex layer of richness and truth. It feels very true, you know? Every album from most artists, or at least most serious artists, has elements of truth and emotion. But with some works, it feels more authentic than with others. And for me, this is that, an example of that. I know some folks weren't as big of a fan of the kind of industrial edge to certain tracks on this album. But for me, like I said, it works. Listen, you can't just put out the same album 10 times in a row without evolving at some point. You have to evolve. You have to mature or at least experiment, right? Experimentation is key. Changing it up now and then is key. Um, Even if you do return in whole or in part to your roots now and again. Now, did the art of survival replace 16 Stone and the kingdom as my personal favorites? No, but is it up there in the top four or five Bush albums for me? Yes, definitely. And I do think it deserves all of the positive reviews and glowing praise that I've seen it getting online amongst fans and critics. I do think that. Um, Yes, it, it deserves that and more. Now, I don't know how much these guys actually care about things like the Grammys. Um, I have mixed feelings about a lot of those bigger awards, but the fact that Bush hasn't gotten one yet is like beyond me. Um, So will this album be up for any awards? I don't know. But the album, or at least the singles, were charting, and it's gotten pretty good reviews, so we'll see. Speaking of artists finding muses with their significant others and or the pandemic and also the idea of darker, deeper sounds. I mentioned that I've also been listening to Taylor Swift's Midnight's album. No shame. I am not embarrassed of that. I think she's super talented. Um, That album, I think, is surefire Grammy-worthy. She's a great songwriter. Um, You know, her work runs the gamut from pop to acoustic rock to country to folk um, and everything in between. So she's not in the same genre as Bush, but that's okay. Um, Some fans are complaining that her album Midnight's is too much of a downer, too depressing. I love that though, actually. I'm a little bit of an emo girl at heart. Um, I'm an empath. I'm very sensitive. I'm very in tune with my emotions and emotionally intelligent. And as weird as it sounds, I love when a song makes me cry. Like if a piece of music can evoke emotion to the degree of tears or genuinely impacting my mood and my feelings in any way, happy or sad, then that song or that piece of art has done its job. That's just my opinion. Um, I feel like the emotion is there because you are relating to what the artist is saying. And as an artist, that has to be something really rewarding and fulfilling to think about that you have touched another person's feelings in that way and like had them relate on such a level, you know? Um, yeah, I don't discriminate based on genre. I've said that before. I have Britney Spears songs in my playlists along with freaking Marilyn Manson and the killers and Papa Roach and 
Rage Against the Machine and System of a Down, but also Rihanna and Harry Styles and Beyonce and Billie Eilish and Kendrick Lamar and Lizzo. If I like a song, either music or lyrics or both, then I like it. If I like the artist, then I like them. I don't care about genre, you know? Um, with a Britney, it's more that I like to dance or work out to the songs. I enjoy watching her perform on stage. I love her for the sake of nostalgia. Um, but no, she's not like a singer-songwriter, and I'm not a fan of hers for the artistry per se. You know what I mean? Um, it's just a different thing. I'm never going to look at Britney as much as I absolutely love Britney. I'm not going to look at her and compare her to Leonard Cohen or like Bob Dylan, John Lennon, Carol King, or even Taylor Swift. You know, it's a different type of entertainment um, and people can like all of it. You know, I can actually draw a through line though between like Taylor and Gavin or even those two and like a Harry Styles, for instance. And it's because of the storytelling in the music. I like storytelling in songs. I like themes. I like Easter eggs. I like when artists tie things together and reference back to other songs of theirs or others. I like symbolism. I like all of that, you know? And so because of the lyricism, the storytelling, the songwriting aspect, I can connect the dots between some artists and some works that aren't the same genre, you know? I mean, even hip hop, right? There's some rap that's quite literally poetry, you know? It's sometimes hard to explain that to certain people without feeling like you're a poser or a fraud or an imposter, but you can like and respect all of it. Um, I don't like snobbery in music. I don't like hard lines being drawn, you know? It's like, yeah, I love Lady Gaga, but I also listen to heavy metal and hard rock and classic rock while I clean, you know, or in my car. And I wouldn't turn down like a modest Yahoo, India Ari, or Tom York show either. Um, my point to all this rambling, well, first, it's just that we like what we like, and that's allowed. I hate when people tailor and cater and cultivate their whole lifestyle and aesthetic and likes and dislikes to one certain image or genre or style. I it doesn't feel authentic to me. All that is to say that I like Bush and I like Taylor Swift. And if I didn't have a knee replacement and a thumb joint replacement, I would probably be in a mosh pit, you know, at any other number of rock shows, right? Um, and I, I mentioned this because I'm going to be talking a little bit about Taylor Swift. And I know a lot of you don't listen to her or don't listen to that type of music and maybe don't respect her, but it does all make a larger point and kind of tie together. Okay. So as I said, like that first piece that I was sort of getting at was like, we like what we like, let people like what they like. You don't have to put people in a box. The second part though is circling back to Taylor Swift's Midnight's album and Bush's Art of Survival. Um, apologies for my dogs making noise in the background. Um, so yeah, Midnight's and Art of Survival are both great albums. There's common themes in both albums. Both are what I might call moody. Both speak to the way the artist relates to the current state of affairs in the world. Um, both of these albums have some tones of, I would say, both melancholy and hope. Um, and a little bit of the rebellion I mentioned. And both have strong lyrics. Good storytelling, good songwriting, 
sometimes surprising elements or unique creative choices that make you come back for more. Um, A couple months ago, I would have said that Harry's House by Harry Styles was the album of the year, but now I'd be hard-pressed to not be putting Midnight's and or The Art of Survival up there too, at least for me personally. And hey, I get it. Like Bush and Taylor Swift aren't comparable. They're not in the same genre. And honestly, it's just a different level of fame and a different type of fame too, I think. But to me, that's actually a good thing. See, that level of fame and how much gets lost in it and how manufactured it all is, that's one thing I don't like about pop music. Um, Sometimes that level of fame dilutes the music. It dilutes the work. It puts the focus too much on the artist themselves as a celebrity and as a public figure. It puts too much focus on their tabloid life, their blind item life, their TMZ and E! News and People magazine life. It's just kind of bullshit. Um, The focus goes away from the art, away from the music. And to me, that's where it should be. Like, is Gavin Rossdale a star? Yes, of course. Is he a big celebrity in his own right? Yes, of course. He's famous. He's well-known. His name recognition, he's wildly successful and rich and, you know, all of that. He's a celebrity. But, like, his work can also stand alone and speaks for itself, you know. Um, His longevity, Bush's longevity, you know, um, is a testament to that. It's not just about him as a celebrity. It's about the band, their work, their um, you know catalog, his lyrics and songs, the artistry itself. They don't need all the pyrotechnics and visuals and costume changes and elaborate sets and expensive videos or even you know the Rolling Stone spreads or Grammy nominations. Right? It's really about the music, entertaining audiences, the way he and they you know, create and perform. It's about the band. It's about the the work. Um, it's about the fans, you know? And yeah, Gavin happens to have the magnetic and charismatic, good-looking, you know, star quality and style. And that X factor is important to long, the longevity of the band. Um, it's obviously a part of how they got famous, you know? But lucky for Bush, they're more than that. Um, they're able to rise above that and to work and create and tour and perform and thrive without needing the 10 million photo shoots or being forced to do the 10 million photo shoots. Um, I'm sure, you know, obviously paparazzi is still a thing, but maybe not to the same level. They can still live their lives. And to me, that allows them to be maybe more creative and honest in their work um, and in their career. Um, It doesn't negate their work. The, the the celebrity aspect for Bush, it doesn't negate their work. It doesn't dilute it. It doesn't make them lose credibility or respect or take anything away from their art or, you know, their music. Um, with a Taylor or a Lizzo or a Gaga or a Harry, I think sometimes they get, first of all, so built up and put on this platform that like they're, it, it's setting people up for failure in a way. Um, and, and they get like ridiculed and, and mocked because of the pop machine, uh, how produced and manufactured the image aspect is. And they can get lost in that, even though they're all true talents and great songwriters and performers and musicians. Um, 
but the musicianship seems like it's secondary sometimes to the celebrity and the fame. Um, and when I say being put on that pedestal and that platform sets people up for failure, I don't mean commercial failure. I don't mean monetary success or that type of thing. I mean failure in the sense that like they're always going to be expected to be a certain way. People are always going to be wanting more from them. It's almost like this unattainable thing that's never going to be good enough no matter how much they're on that hamster wheel, how much they're churning out and compromising themselves and bending and molding themselves to fit whatever the standard and the image is, it's never going to be enough. Um, all the money, all the glam, all the awards, is it ever going to be enough? I don't know. And is their art and their voice getting lost in all of that? That's what I wonder. And hey, I'm interested in that celebrity aspect to a degree. You know, I do talk about all the celebrity high gloss tabloid nonsense on my other podcast, Badly Branded, but I know these are human beings and I have like a level of respect for them and their work, you know, um, and that gets lost sometimes, right? Um, a perfect example of the pressure is that that particular level of fame uh, can cause and how it could actually negatively impact the art. Uh, current example. So Taylor Swift had to take out a part of her recent anti-hero video because people were offended. Um, long story short, she has been open about battling, supposedly uh, open about battling body dysmorphia and disordered eating. She's definitely alluded to it in documentaries and interviews and all of that. She's talked about it. The video overall was talking about kind of her self-loathing, her maybe struggles with insecurities, depression, whatever, her mental health stuff, and her being sort of the anti-hero. The whole video concept and song explore that self-loathing and her insecurities, the pressures of fame, the constraints of fame, her sadness about not being able to live a quote-unquote normal life, her never feeling good enough, all of that. And then in the video, she steps on the scale and the scale reads fat. F-A-T, for like a second, it says fat instead of her weight. And people were outraged by this, very offended, saying it was fat phobic, putting fat people down. Meanwhile, I don't think she was saying anything bad about anybody's weight. It was how she was internalizing things herself, how she was receiving all of the messaging that surrounds all of us every day about size and weight and body shape, body image, all of that. This was about her own inner demons. And it doesn't matter if she is or is not objectively overweight or fat. It's about the fact that that's what she is being told or led to feel, right? And I don't know that she was stigmatizing the word. It was just her experience. She wasn't trying, in my opinion, to say anything bad about other people. And she had openly admitted this album was one of her most raw, honest, real, vulnerable, and she was really nervous to share her insecurity so openly. And then she's bashed for it, totally lambasted for it, hung out to dry because of this one snippet of one scene that was like two seconds long, you know? And she was forced to change her art. Like basically the public outcry and outrage and, and people being offended led her to edit her video, which 
okay, I applaud her for listening to her fans, for listening to the public, for taking an opportunity maybe to be educated on fat phobia and um, to maybe learn from that if you want to view it that way. I, okay. But while I agree fat phobia is definitely a prevalent issue in our society, and I agree that we have a long ways to go in terms of body inclusivity, um, I don't know that like this was that. I don't know that this was fat phobia or really even contributing to it. In fact, I think making her remove it contributed to the stigma of that word fat even more. I think it also contributed negatively to the stigma surrounding mental health and eating disorders and body dysmorphia and things like that. It's sending the message you can't talk about your experience if you look a certain way. You are not allowed to feel what you feel if you are tall, blonde, rich, famous, thin. Um, That could have been an opportunity to open up a broader dialogue about body dysmorphia and the pressures that we put on women and especially famous people. Instead, she was torn down for her feelings, her beliefs, and and she had to change her music video. Um. And it's sad because she was being vulnerable and because she was nervous to share that feeling and that insecurity. But yeah, forced to change her art, to invalidate or minimize her own feelings, her own truth, her own lived experience. You know, and she did it. She took it out. Whether or not you agree with that, she did. She removed it. But can you imagine a rock star, like a rock artist like Gavin or I don't know, fucking Mick Jagger or Tommy Lee or someone like Kid Rock who I can't stand, but still, can you picture any of them feeling like they had to literally change their words, their visual art, um, their own feelings, their own truth because of this cancel culture and this culture of outrage and offense and oversensitivity and division? I can't picture that, but we expect that of women a lot. Um, And hey, I know that with free speech comes consequences at times and you have to face those consequences you're you know you have freedom of speech and expression but you're not free from those consequences themselves but it's like I don't know in this instance did Taylor Swift do anything wrong I mean not really not from my opinion she was sharing her truth and her experience and her feelings um and it's like I don't know cancel culture is so annoying I worry about what cancel culture is going to do to art listen it's totally 100% valid and warranted sometimes, but sometimes it's akin to a witch hunt. And I worry, you know, all these artists having to remove things from their songs and videos, like, I don't know, what impact is that having culturally and down the road, like looking back historically, like we're diluting and kind of whitewashing and censoring, uh, our art and therefore people's feelings and experiences. And I don't know. It's like you don't want to offend or upset or hurt people. You don't want to hurt people. Most of us do not want to hurt another human being. Um, And most of us, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, would not do that intentionally. But, you know, no, no one's forcing you to listen to music or watch a music video. So there's that. Um, the other part is like, I don't want music to be censored because people cannot be accountable for their own triggers and reactions and emotions, right? 
I go to therapy. I do it so that I can cope and I can regulate my emotional response to things and so that I can deal with my triggers and my feelings about things and my insecurities and all of that. I mean, I feel like that's taking responsibility, you know? And I know that with a public platform comes responsibility too in a different way. I do understand that. Artists do have to be accountable to a point, you know, what they're putting out in the in the ethos, in the world, in the zeitgeist, right? But at what point is it the artist's job to police their own thoughts and words and their own work? Um, and at what point are we responsible for whether or not we choose to listen or view that work? And at what point do we take ownership over how something makes us feel? At what point do we do the work required there instead of putting the onus on the creator, right? I'm not sure that makes sense because that line is blurry. Um, and I definitely can see both sides of the whole Taylor Swift fat phobia controversy. Um, and I can see both sides of a lot of controversies. But, you know, I do just have a little bit of concern more broadly what having artists censor their words or their art can mean or do for like – just the future of music and entertainment and all of it. I feel like we're kind of going to make things to the point that like there's no edge, there's no authenticity, there's no rawness or realness or, you know, um, humanness. There's no humanity there. You know, uh, the Bush song Art of uh, – the Bush song Identity – from The Art of Survival actually speaks to this a little bit, and I cannot wait to analyze that song. If you want to listen to it, please do. Go buy, download, stream The Art of Survival. In case you haven't noticed, I have trouble with my R's and L's together, so I'm trying to enunciate here. Let me try again. The Art of Survival. <laughs> and hey, while you're at it, why not check out Taylor Swift's album Midnight's? I say support artists, regardless of how big they are or, you know, how indie they are. You know, every musician is a creator and an artist who relies on all of us to support them. I know personally I ordered one signed and one unsigned copy of The Art of Survival, and I bought it on Apple Music digitally, and I've been streaming it on Amazon Music. I got Midnight's on vinyl. I purchased it on Apple Music as well, been streaming it on Amazon as well. Um, in fact, I have a Taylor Bush playlist uh, constantly on shuffle this week, and it's helped me through some devastating news about a family member, my own recent uh, illness, just I had like a upper respiratory infection that triggered a rheumatoid arthritis flare and all, flare and, uh, all kinds of other stuff, um, and then just also like major stress, major drama and upset at work. So trust me when I say my little Taylor Bush playlist has saved the day at certain points this week. And that's what music does, in my opinion. Uh, if you want some key tracks to check out on both of these albums, and this is just my personal opinion and my personal taste and my personal point of view, here are some recommendations. Uh, well, first, I would say I just listen to both albums beginning to end. Um, but if you want specifics on Taylor's album, check out Midnight Rain, Maroon, You're On Your Own Kid, The Great War, Question, Vigilante Shit, and Bigger Than the Whole Sky. Antihero, 
you can check it out, but it's, it's good, you know, but you'll probably hear it because I think it's a single and it will almost certainly become, you know, a little played out as radio singles do. Um, but it is good. Uh, on the art of survival by Bush, which of course I assume you're all more interested in if you're listening to this podcast, of course, you know, check out the lead, the, uh, the singles heavy as the ocean and more than machines, but also human sand identity, slow me shark bite 1000 years. Judas is a riot is also like a fun and very interesting song too. Um, but yeah, I mean the whole album's good. I'd say that both of these albums are really good pretty much start to finish. I mean, for the most part, there's no skips on either. On the art of survival, one thing I like is that some of the songs start out a certain way. It's like a slower simmer, then they pick up, kind of surprise you in the middle or towards the end, maybe divert a little bit. It's a kind of slow build to this climax that's at times unexpected or at times is just pretty much a, a change up. You know, there's some great riffs on the art of survival. I mean, these guys are all doing their thing. Chris, Corey, Nick, of course, Gavin, you really hear the instrumentation and musicality of the whole band. Like you hear the musicianship there as a whole. And that's cool because there was a period in Bush history. Um, and I say this with, with all respect, not being a hater or anything, but there was a period in Bush's history where like before this current lineup and after their first couple albums uh, where it felt like a little different of a, of a vibe, you know, and there was nothing wrong with it. But I do feel like this current iteration of the band Bush is like on point. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the guys all shine on this album and you can definitely hear like more specific contributions to the work at large. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, many times there's like, I don't know, kind of this surprise or mystery or unexpected nature to it. And any, and any time for me, like any time that there's a unique bridge or any type of like syncopation or a drum solo or a sick riff, you know, it just enriches and enhances the song so much. You know what I mean? So I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, gosh, I could ramble about music and my favorite artists and bands for hours. And I'm going to, maybe not hours, but there is a whole other second part of this episode. This was part one. Happy birthday, Gavin. I will take pause here. And part two is in the next episode. And that is going to be the analysis of heavy is the ocean. See you over there. Bye-bye. P.S. Also got to give a little shout out to May Your Love Be Pure on The Art of Survival. Um, kind of forgot about it. Just came on listening to the album in the background. Um, there's certain elements of that song that are like pretty cool. Um, it's not my favorite song on the album, but it's good. Listen to it. Who am I kidding? Listen to the whole album. The whole thing's good. Just listen to it all. It's all great. <laughs> we'll see you next time.